Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good morning, everyone. This is Tom Hayes from Boston, Massachusetts. And we are honored, I think it's third time. Is it third time, Sarah, that you're back to uh, visit us? I I believe it is the third time, yeah. <laughs> well, well, let me read my intro that I did for you. I hope it meets your approval. But uh, we welcome back for the third time Sarah Newton from the U.K. Sarah is a leading youth coach, author, media personality, novelist, life coach, entrepreneur, radio host, mother, ex-policewoman, Bobby, uh, and Bon Vivant. Bon Vivant, I threw that in there. She will discuss her personal hero's journey and how she coped with fear and trepidation in her own life and businesses. This is a discussion for anyone interested in taking the big leap to self-fulfillment and adventure, how to live life to the fullest. Tune in, and so here we are. And uh, I, 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 you're speechless. <laughs> no, I am quite speechless. <laughs> <laughs> How, by the way, did you like the poster I did of the fish jumping from one bowl to the other? I, I did, yeah, because that is actually how it feels a lot, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't until the next morning. I I read, you know, your beautiful article about, which was a great teaser, and why I wanted to do this show about the ordeal you went through last year, because... We always hear these great motivational speakers that tell them about all oh, the great, you know, and how they made it and all the money. And, and so many of them forget the part of the dark nights of the soul. And when so I typed in, I said, boy, the ap- appropriate title for this show should be about taking the leap. And so I went to Google and I looked for images on taking the leap and they had all these people jumping off of cliffs and rocks. And, so, and then there's this beautiful picture of this lone goldfish jumping from a bowl full of goldfish to the other bowl. And I said, oh, it's so beautifully, I mean, of all of them, that really tells the story. And it wasn't until the next morning that I realized there's that element when you do take the leap that you are a fish out of water. Well, yeah, absolutely, definitely. And I think it's a very uncomfortable feeling that most people don't like. Um, And I guess I kind of like it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we live on the edge. I mean, for somebody who was in law enforcement as you were, and, you know, and and I love the story, I'll just do it here a little bit and let you talk. But, you know, how the fact that one day you just had this epiphany, you would talk to some one of your uh, uh, clients, I guess we can say, the you know, kid that you had apprehended in the morning and by the afternoon he had killed himself. And you just felt that from that point forward you had a different calling and you've been following it ever since and so beautifully. So I'm going to shut up and let you, um, you know, tell your story about what did happen last year and or in in part of the chapter and on your whole progression here of uh, fulfilling your life's your life's passion and mission. Okay. Well, I, I guess we have to say I put, I've been doing the work I do now for about 15 years and, and been self-employed for, for 15 years. And what I have seen along those routes is there's various times in that where everything has fallen away and I've had to step up. But last year was probably one of the the most the biggest and the most scariest time it happened to me so it was sort of halfway through the year i think it was possibly about may and i decided that i was sort of trundling along a little bit you know i was you know i'd got very very comfortable i was being paid quite a lot from um um a company that I was working with and it was pretty steady and I'd got very very comfortable um with everything and I decided that I really needed to step things up so I hired a coach and it was probably one of the most expensive coach coaches I'd ever hired it was a huge amount of money um and I ummed and ahed and got quite scared about it and resistant about it but then just figured hey you know just do it um trust your intuition, this is the right thing to do. So I went ahead and signed the contract and, and paid the initial fee. And literally about two weeks after doing that, every single income source that I had coming to me dropped away, like instantly. 
Now, I guess if I wasn't, if I hadn't had this experience happen a few times before, if not so greatly, I would would have really panicked. Um, but I sort of thought, okay, this is really interesting. And what was so interesting about it is I was about to leave to go for a holiday to the States for a month. So there was absolutely nothing I could do about it. Um, I was, I, it happened, and there, I was leaving for the States in about a week. So there was nothing I could do. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't, wasn't only I had all of this... Um, money to pay all of my money had gone and i and i was going to the states in august for a whole month and when i came back in in september my bank balance was going to be at zero (laughs) 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 and um it was like the universe was having a slight laugh with me you know like Mm -hmm. it's taken everything away and given me no option to put it right um, so I went away for that, that holiday in the States and enjoyed myself, panicked a bit. There was a few sleepless nights, which I thought, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can do. I've just got to wait till I get home. And uh, the long and the short of it is I came home and got my butt in gear. And, and um, what happened was in, a, um, in the September, I managed to bring in all the money I need, uh, needed. And then from then, the income started to to double and I, I can say in January this year I've hit well almost hit a target that I set for myself that seemed absolutely unreachable um, at the beginning of the year actually even when I set wow. it uh, as a wow. monthly target yeah so it was very very interesting for me and, and I think what it, it shows me is how how often um, opportunities present themselves as absolutely you know dark difficult uncomfortable um situations and that most people at that point would have pulled back they would have tried to get out the contract with the coach they would have pulled back they may have gone and get a job you know they would have possibly panicked and done all sorts of things but i think my belief in the fact that if that has happened there's got to be you know the universe has got to you know surely be holding my back a bit here but it absolutely forced me to do things that I should have been doing really a long time ago, but I wasn't because I was comfortable. And um, so, yeah, (laughs) it all worked out okay in the end, but it was petrifying. I can tell you. (laughs) Wow. I, uh, it's funny. I found these, you know, when you, when you, I have a children's show that I use for my little beans and our motto is use your being, trust your heart, build your character, or follow your gut. And uh, and so I, uh, when I come across a great, there's a, there's a some, few individuals are putting together great inspirational uh, bits that are about five or six minutes, and I play them on the show. And they have everybody from, um, you know, Steve Jobs to Alan Watts to uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger telling these great motivational things. And the last one I picked up one was uh, just that about uh, fear and, you know, losing everything and persevering in spite of it. And, you know, you are like that fish. You're out now. You've jumped from the bowl. (laughs) Well, yeah. You're midair. You're midair. You're no longer a fish in water. You're totally out of your element. And, And then... You know, you you, you you really can't you, you can pull back, but then you somehow know that that's disaster. Um, mm-hmm. You know, why else are you, you going to be a warrior? I mean, I, I I'm so grateful to you every time I look at my uh, writer's journey book and pull so many things from my novel that I'm writing. So, so what do you think? Um, how do you analyze all of this now? What what? Um, how do you put the pieces of this puzzle together? What was the meaning there, and what what does somebody who, you know, I'm in that position right now, and I've been there for a couple of years, and like you, I mean, somehow I'm in an area that is so big and different, and it's just a, you know, I have no idea. I am a total fish out of water. So, but the only thing that keeps me going, and somehow I'm provided with enough to continue to go because I have this. Mm-hmm. This trust. So, I mean, what are what are the elements of the story that you pull out that you'd say to somebody from what you learned last year? What what are the lessons? 
What what do you do? Well, I, I think there were, you know, a few lessons for me, and that is actually, and I have to remember this all of the time, is that comfortable is not necessarily good. In fact, for me, it's disastrous. So if I become very, very comfortable, I... I, I get lazy, you know, I stop doing things that I, I need to be doing to, to move everything forward. So what I've realized is I have to create this sort of um, almost a panic within me around something um, to keep me going. So what I, I've done now is that I have um, a running calendar that shows I have until I've got zero money and the days I have until I've not got enough. Right. Yeah, and that was the point. I got sidetracked a little bit talking about the the video. One, this particular video talked exactly that. I think it was in, uh, the individual said that comfortable is not good. Comfortable mm. brings complacency. It yeah, brings, in it, fact, it's he not. And, yeah, and actually most of society live in comfortable, you know, and, and, um, and people are very uncomfortable with uncomfortable, but it is. And I think we have to acknowledge that there's a, a real difference between an uncomfortable fear versus a scared fear. And I think we shove fear together as being the same thing, and I don't think it is. You know, if, if I'm being chased by, by somebody with a mask and a knife, you know, that's a different type of fear totally. to the fear. That's instinctual. You're right. That's instinctive. Yeah. Yeah, so I have to create a little bit of fear around me every day or else I don't function well. Um, and that was a real enlightening moment for me. And I, I'm sure when I, most people hear that, it, it sounds crazy. You know, why would we put ourselves in fear? But I think that when we're in fear, um, we actually often behave at our best. You know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, well... And, um, our, Right, and I don't. I don't think. I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly the fear, this and that. But I think what you're really doing is that part of the fear comes every time you jump from the ball. You know, every yeah. time that you. I mean, here you were. You took a big leap. You you had this contract mm -hmm. with this with this uh, coach, and yeah. you know you you went for it and. You know, and and I believe that, and I think you do from our conversations, that there are machinations that are going on with the universe that are part mm -hmm. of the story. So yeah. you make yeah. this big commitment, and the universe goes, watch this. You want to have some fun, Sarah? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All of your income's yeah. going to go. Now what do you do? Yeah, and I think in partly last year I was being tested on my commitment because I think, you know, I think we feel that when we make commitments to things that that's it and that everything is rosy from there on. But actually I found it the opposite is that when we commit to something, um, that's when everything breaks down. And I always remember <laughs> one of my very first coaches saying to me, expect um, breakthroughs to look like breakdowns. And, yeah, and that it. has always stayed with me so every time i i look like i'm having a breakdown which is very often you know, I think I'm having a breakthrough. You know I, I mean i was having a, a mini one yesterday about something that i've been trying to do for three years you know and i've been trying to to get into this publication for three years and they've kept ignoring me and, and last you know yesterday i was in this sort of oh no you know this real breakdown mode and then today i got an email from them you know i'm just like okay <laughs> so, so right do look like breakdowns and I think that you know when we commit to something we do get tested you know and we talked a bit about the writer's journey there you know when the hero leaves the the safety their ordinary life they get tested along the way and you know some people run back and go home <laughs> but you know if we can face the dragons along the way then we get the prize at the end and, and that's that's really all we're ever doing I think oh, of course and I Again, I mean, I never forget our first conversation. You recommended the book, and I, you know, I'm a big believer in Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey. And you know, I, <laughs> I, you know, I, I understand totally this comfortable thing. I, I mean, at mm -hmm. the age of 52, I retired with a million bucks, and uh, I was set. 
Now, I had to put it in an annuity, which guaranteed me $90,000, guaranteed for the rest of my mm. life. And I uh, had a side business of being a comedian and a speaker. And, you know, I knew I could m- make another 50 to 100 at least. I was writing a book. So to me, it was <laughs> one of my comedian friends has a great bit about you, uh, I'm all set. You think mm-hmm. you've reached a point in your life where you're all set. He says, but you find out you're never all set. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's only an illusion. Yes. And so, and I wouldn't trade the five to six years of comfortable that I had. I mean, I did so many. I have no bucket list. And I traveled the mm. world. I partied. I, um, you know, I lived. I lived it all up. Mm. And uh, and then uh, I started writing my life story and, you know, just got into this area of creativity. And my computer crashed. And uh, I went out to get in my car and it was almost like out of a scene from the movie the matrix there at the uh, exactly where i was parked on the lamppost was a little uh advertisement very crude computer repair hmm. and so i tore off one of the numbers and called and in walked this very young handsome guy who uh just started his business and next thing i know he and i decided to go into business together and uh, he was going to help me promote my speaking business, and ended up we started a cartoon um, animation mm-hmm. company, and things just exploded. And then it was almost as if the universe enticed me with such immediate, you know, beginner's luck things. Mm-hmm. And so I kept investing, 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 and we'd get these amazing things to happen. And then all of a sudden. My- Half my money was gone, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. eventually all my money was gone, and mm-hmm. you know I'm this panic. And you're right, I I had gone away from that comfort. I could have, you know, which especially as Americans, and I don't know about England, but you know it's the whole thing. Well, you have the American dream, you know, you have your house paid for, and you have this guaranteed income, and you know it's the American dream. But I. I actually heard a voice coming back from one of my trips going, nice job, you know, you got this American dream thing going, and uh, so what are you doing, what's next? You know, you're going to, uh, you know where you're going, don't you? You're going down because you're basically gliding, you're no longer in a jet, you're no longer reaching for new heights, you're simply going to hang out in beaches for the rest of your life, <laughs> you're going to lose yeah. all your skill sets. You know, I mean, this, my inner voice just had this amazing talk with me. And uh, I realized that's what was happening to me. This comfortable was turning pretty boring. Well, and, yeah, it's like we, we, we reach for the safe. You know, we reach for what we think is ideal and, and what is safe. And actually, you know, I do it too still. You know, okay, so when I've got all of this, whatever all of this is, I'll, I'll be safe. And then I can, you know, do do who knows what. But... But actually, you know, that is the most dangerous thing for us to do because safety is absolutely an illusion, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Of course it is. There is no mm-hmm. security. I mean, I I started to raise some money recently. I started driving for Uber, and I picked up a woman who worked for Harvard. And, we, you know, I, I give them this little card. That I have Steve Jobs' quote, which is, um, my time is limited. I will not waste it living somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. And... So they look at it, and it and immediately start, hits them right in the face. And she says, well, you know, this speaks to me because I'm here at Harvard because they have such great benefits and there's great security. But what I really want to be doing is this. But I can't But I, I can't even conceive to think how I would give up the security. And because of my personal history, you know, I'm able to say things that most people don't. And I said to her, I said, oh, you know, that personal security that Harvard gives you, does it um, – protect you from cancer? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there was this silence, which there is no security. You know, you might have this big bank account, but the, that doesn't guarantee you no cancer or no accidents yeah. or other disasters. And when she got through with the car, she gave him this big hug, and she says, you just changed my life. <laughs> said, I'm realizing now that, yeah, that could happen to me. And so what if I've got a bunch of money living somebody else's dream and not my own? Mm. Yeah, Uber coaching, you see. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, yeah, I do, I get, I do it. But, um, and, and 
you know, here I sit now, everything's gone. I saw everything go. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't used to that. You know, I was used to mm-hmm. winning. And was couldn't couldn't conceive of it. I mean, I was just a guarantee. I everything I touched, I had the Midas touch. And mm-hmm. but I learned lessons way deeper than anything I could have learned by being comfortable. Mm. Yeah, you, you know, know, we don't. Yeah, we don't get the prize by being comfortable. I, I think. No. And, and I think what I've learned, particularly from the last year, is actually there are never any guarantees. And, and okay. I think we're always looking for a guarantee, like, will this work? Will this be the thing? Will this make me money? And I, and I think we're not very good at being honest with each other and saying there are never any guarantees in anything. Right. You know, nothing is, is guaranteed because we just don't, don't know. But what I think is guaranteed is if we stay comfortable and safe, you oh. know, that we will, you know, that that's prob- probably one of the most dangerous things to do because we, we either, you know, I think it damages our mental health. I think it damages it our, yeah, our life in general. And I think, of you know, course. for me, it, 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 it led to the universe giving me a big kick up the butt and, <laughs> and saying, <laughs> I love it, you know. <laughs> it, well, and Hold you know, let's, exactly. Well, you know, and let's go to story. I mean, I mean, do I guess I get? I, I feel like we're led. I mean, that's I, in my own in my own personal story. I'm being led. I know I'm being led. That there's something guiding me every step of the way for the next adventure. And so, you know, I mean, talking to you and reading the book, and so I decided to write a novel, and everything came together. I never conceived that I would write it. I never conceived that I'd be a stand-up comedian. I never conceived I'd be a corporate speaker. These things were put in my path. I could have ignored them, but my instinct and gut knew that those were the right things to do, and I followed them. And they weren't easy paths to follow, but I did. So I feel like I'm guided. And then here writing this novel, and then you have to read what constitutes a great story, and that's the beauty of that book, The Writer's Journey. Mm-hmm. A good story is not somebody's born and ends up in the castle and lives happily ever after. That's a lousy story. Nobody wants to read that story. Yeah, yeah you know, stories test us, you know. Even the Disney princesses get tested in various different ways, you know. I mean, you know. Yes, you have to have, yeah. that, that you have to have the fall. Mm-hmm. And, and all of this adversity, instead, it, it totally shifted. Once I started to read that, and I started to understand that, you know, one of the um, the books I read about it says you have to heap, if you you have to give your hero as much adversity, as hard and as fast as as often as you can, to bring him to the lowest point you can. So now he's got something to overcome, and by mm-hmm. overcoming that, he becomes the hero. He doesn't become the hero yeah. by being born into the castle and living this opulent life. That's no hero. That's nothing heroic about that. And so, just look. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and what it shifted my thinking instead of you know before it's like well let's like you say I think we have this this big desire let's avoid as much adversity as we can or let's get as comfortable as we can, and then you realize you'll never grow with that comfort. In fact, if you're around those people who've been comfortable, you don't, you, you know, you really don't want to spend much time with them because they're very boring people. And they've got no adventures. They've got no challenges. They've got no things that they've overcome to create, develop the character. I mean, by heaping adversity on your fictional character, you create a great character. These become epic characters. And so when I look at it in my own life, I say, I look at the adversity before it was something to avoid, and now I go, okay, it's here. Now what will this shape me into? Do you feel the same way? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the piece that I I love about about story and and the piece I talk to young people um, a lot about is is the fear at the threshold, you know, in in every single call that we get to to take a a hero's journey, because I think, you know, there's many in in our lives, or to take, you know, to step outside of our comfort zone, let's put it that way, we, you know, we get called. 
and um, you know sometimes that calls lovely and sometimes it's not you know <laughs> it's really difficult and we're there then at the threshold you know we're then at the point where we can either cross over or we can stay where we are um, but the fear at the threshold is normal you know that's absolutely normality and we we have to figure out how are we going to step over you know that threshold what is on the other side is that is that juicy enough to make us want to sort of move and, and step over it so i think that the fear at the threshold is absolutely normal um and most people back down at that point you know most people can't take right. that that and that's why people don't move forward but there will always be you know if we're crossing the threshold there will always be fear because we're you know like that fish we're jumping into the you know the absolute unknown and exactly you know, that I mean, is scary. You're, right you're a fish you should be in water and now you're in the air yeah <laughs> yeah now you're in the air and you don't know where the next water is and you don't know if you're going to land and and i think you know yeah <laughs> we've got to encourage that and i think you know we don't encourage that enough um with our our um young people or everybody and i think that it's something that should be encouraged we should be encouraged to take risks we should be encouraged to do things that might go dreadfully wrong you know we should be encouraged to just move forward without knowing everything because exactly. you know because, that's what i think right and- and once once it started to make sense to me, and then this isn't coming to me till I'm you know in my sixties and I'm listening, I'm going, oh my god, it makes such sense. It's like who who wants to read us? What's a? I mean, this is the story of your life. Do you want it to be this? You know, this novel you pick up that you put down in three pages and go, this is boring. I don't want to. Or do you want your story to be this valiant hero's story and you have to understand that it's not going to be valiant if it just goes exactly the way you want (laughs) and it's smooth without any setbacks or any adversity it's dealing welcoming adversity for what it is and knowing that it's part of the journey Mm. yeah you know that that fear yeah well yeah you know that that fear that that you know that uncomfortableness is not a bad sign and I think we've learned to associate that with being a bad thing but um actually you know I I I meant there's a great quote and I can't remember who says it so um I apologize but it's like you know fear is is good fear means forward because no one's afraid of the past right exactly exactly right the past is over and you know I I may have told you this story but I uh, my stepdaughter, who is a brilliant Russian and she excels at everything she does, uh, has her own setbacks, et cetera, but always champions them. And I went to her uh, graduation from an inner city school here, and the one of the teachers gets up and tells these kids, you know, I'm a motivational speaker, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And he gets up and he says, I want to quote Oprah, and he says, I want to tell you all, expect failure. And my mm. ears perked up, and I looked at this guy, and I said, is he crazy? You know, these are graduating scene. What is he crazy? Telling them to expect failure. And he says, let me clarify. He says, as Oprah says, if you're not failing, you're not trying. Mm-hmm. He says, failure is only part of the formula for success. He says, without it, there is no success. He said, yeah. you have to, he says, it means you're trying, it means you're learning. And that, so now he's got my attention. I'm going, this guy's got a point. And then mm-hmm. he says, um, <laughs> he says, no one is immune. Not the highest achiever is immune from failure. In fact, you are more prone to it. The higher the goals you set, the higher the adventures you decide to embark upon, the steeper the falls will be because you have to learn a skill set that very few are able to learn because they won't go as high as you. And he says, those, in order to scale Everest, you've got to be pretty darn good. And you're going to fall and you're going to have setbacks. And all of a sudden it all started to make sense. And you're right. I mean, no matter who it is, um, if you really look at the other side of their life, they didn't get there without tons of failure. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think I think they say that most millionaires have lost everything at some point, and I think it's only when you have nothing and nothing to lose, I guess. Oh, that you then, can... then you put... If talk about fear, that's when you become fearless mm. because you go you realize there's nothing anyone can do to you. Yes. What can they do that isn't worse than than's happened at the moment? And I think that that's when our real sort of strength of character comes out. You know, the real stuff. And I think that you know that's why it is a good thing because when you you know when you've got nothing to lose, when you've lost ev- everything, then yeah, just you just do anything, and and that's how we actually should be. All the time, exactly. Yeah. And that's where, you know, we started this off talking about comfort, and that's the danger of comfort. You, what happens, most of the people I know that are comfortable will not take any chances. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they stop living. They won't mm. spend money. They won't take trips. <laughs> they want to stay nice and comfortable. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it's like, these boring, you know, I don't even want to, you know, it's not worth a telephone call to call most of these people because it's the same. You know, some, one of my friends said most of them are retired, and I was speaking at a school, inner city school, and I was telling them about my companies and <clears throat> what I'm doing, and and there was an assistant teacher, and she looked at me kind of like, with, she goes, oh, still at it, huh? In other words, you know, you're your age and you're, still working you know and I looked at her and I said you know dear I said most of my friends are living on golf courses right now (laughs) and it hit her between the eyes and she said "Ooh, sounds kind of boring I said yeah I wouldn't swap my life for any of them and Mm -hmm. I said you're right I am still in the game and I said I'm I'm blessed to be doing that every day because you know, and, and one of my friends called me up and said, I'm very comfortable. And all I could think of, <laughs> that's what they do to you before you die. <laughs> <laughs> they make you, <laughs> you ask them, how's the patient doing? They're very comfortable. <laughs> They're yeah, checking and, and out. Think, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. It's a lot. It's a alluring, you know. It's 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 the standard we believe that we're supposed to reach, and I think for some it's it's okay, you know, because the sure. journey isn't for everybody. You know, we yeah. we need to yeah. be lead back in the village to look after yeah. the village when we go off on our journeys. But I think that it's, yeah, you know, because we've got to tend for the farm, you know, and things like that. But uh, you know, there's always got to be people left back. But I think that what we have to realise is if we start to take on this journey, um, that it will be uncomfortable, and and I and I see a lot of people talking about the law of attraction and how you know it's all lovely and when what you want wants you and all of that kind of stuff. But actually, you know, in reality, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's because, a lie. Um, I I I I, I yeah. had mastered. I thought I, in a, when I look back, that that was what the universe was just setting me up for a sucker punch because I was manifest quote unquote manifesting things beyond comprehension with ease, and I was just mm-hmm. thinking them and they'd show up. And I, that's when I started the business. I said, "This is a done deal. This is just like everything." And then I said, "Then everything went." And I went, "What happened?" That isn't working anymore, and I have to mm-hmm. say, there's a deeper truth, and the deeper mm-hmm. truth came from I had to learn that I didn't have everything and never ever will have everything totally uncontro- under control. I will never mm-hmm. be able to totally predict the future or that, say that if I'm going to do this, that it's definitely going to happen. It may not be what is going to happen, but there's going to be something else that's going to happen that's going to be in some many ways a lot better mm. and, and, and while you know the universe the universe will let us manifest things it will also teach us what we need to be taught in in sometimes very very harsh lessons well you know i one of the things in fact my daughter told me to write an article about it i said you know i look at all of these things and this is part of the story isn't it as deaths. In other words, I've heard when I was a youngster that when a blind person is going blind, in order for them to continue their life as a blind person, they have to die 
as a person with sight. They have to mourn and understand that that person with sight is now dead, and that this new this rebirth is a person who is blind with with the benefits and the the detriments that go with that. And that's the only way you can move forward. And so I realized, looking back at my life, when I lost my leg, I had to die as a kid who could be as you know as agile as all the other kids. And I had to accept that and then you know become what I became, which I ended up doing almost all of the other things that the kids did and even better. But that came from a person that had one leg. And then you know you go through a divorce and you realize you've now died as a person who was married and, you know, reborn as a person who's single with all of that. And then mm-hmm. here I was with this person and I identified myself. My ego was that big bank account. And when I saw that go, I had to realize that person was gone. And now what do we do? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's like this, you know, this thing with the caterpillar and the butterfly, you keep going through these metamorphoses and, you come out better each time, stronger, mm. you know, mm. more of a, a, a noble character. I mean, do you, do you, I mean, give me some input on that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I think that, um, you know, adversity is, is part of life. You know, yep. adversity is, is, is natural. It's what we're supposed to do. But yet we, we try, you know, and, I, and I, I'm thinking particularly of, of young people here. We try to protect people. Yep. You know, we, we protect people from failure. We protect them from adversity. But actually that's, you know, what makes us stronger, what allows us to take the next step, um, whatever that next step will be. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, it's absolutely got to You've got to be part of what we do, or else we'd always stay the same. Exactly, Which, and you know you have you to. Know, that's not I our job, him, is it? <laughs> what's that? I said that's not our job. Our job isn't to sort of come into this world and stay the same and go out of it the same. Exactly, I, I exactly. And it's and when I started to hear this individual say, "Great stories are made from heroes." who dealt with adversity after adversity and overcame them. And I said to myself, I want to be one of those great stories. Yeah. I don't want to just yes. be this this straight line. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking we would want our, our book of our life to be interesting and readable. <laughs> exactly. So... And I think what, because we, you're right, we don't talk as a society, I'm a big fan of Alan Watts, and he, you know, 50 years ago would always say, he says, you know, we don't, this is a society, we live in societies that don't want to talk about death, we don't want to even acknowledge it, we just want to fluff it away. And he says, in great societies are those that embrace death, because like Steve Jobs in his address at Stanford said, you know, knowing that, he says, death makes life imminent, you've got to get things done now you know it gives it an immediacy to life and without it i mean i mean it's just what would there be just this you know like i say this comfortable day-to-day where would the challenges be where would be the the obstacles where would be the victories where would be the defeats and so i think you know i was because of what i had you know, I was always reminded that I could have been dead, and that made a huge difference in my life. When I would say, "I'm gonna, I have to live," living and mm. in, in facing the challenges and going for it was the most exciting part about life. Not being comfortable, mm. and, but we don't want. Just like with death, we don't want to talk about adversity. You're right. We want to hope it never mm. happens. Well, yeah, we and we want to protect, you know, people yes. from it, and 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 I, I, it just seems really odd to me that we're sort of giving this very, sort of, um, almost a magazine, you know, sort of yeah. um, look at, at what life is like because it isn't, you know, it isn't glossy. It, it it sometimes it is glossy, but it's also 
messy and annoying and frustrating and we also cry and we you know you know it's all of those things and I think you know anyone like you're saying just has to look at a good movie and 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 you know our hero or heroine and and you know their journey is never you know without some sort of adversity and there's a reason for that you know there's a reason we love watching these things there's a reason that the Star Wars movie made you know grossed grossed you know so much money when it was you know it first come came came out and you know because they they are stories where you you know you have a character fighting the light and the dark within i mean you know which is something we all do you know daily the the light wanting you know us to move forward and and the dark often wanting us to stay where we are and be comfortable and, and not move forward and not break through um and i and i think our job is to just keep going and just trust that it's all okay. Which is now, you just used the magic hard. word. That's yeah. my magic word, trust. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I that's could... not easy to do. That oh, is not easy impossible. to do. <laughs> Particularly do you if find you have... that you, do, you, do you trust? Um, yes, I do. Um, I think... But I think it's a little bit easier when you've seen everything go wrong before and seen it turn out okay. Exactly. And because then, then you see, and I try to tell people there's a difference between faith and trust. And somebody looked at me the other day, and by taking on these adventures and these challenges and falling down and finding out, well, I'm still here. I may not be as comfortable as I was, but I'm here. And I get to fight every day. I get to play the game every day. And so you start to, somebody looked at me the other day and says, you know, don't you? And don't you think you get, because of the experiences you've had, like, for example, last year, you everything's gone, and then you break through and you do it. Don't you think you move from believing to knowing? Yeah, absolutely. You know, And so when you've had the experience and you know that actually this is how it works, you're able to hold hold out, I think, <laughs> because you sure. think that, you know this is okay. And I always think that actually, when this happens, it's like opening the book in the middle of a story. It's mm-hmm. not over yet. You know, we haven't got right. to the last page. So <laughs> where I am is okay because this is, you know, I'm part way through it. So so it's okay. This isn't the end. It's it's the middle of the plot. <laughs> yeah. Moving yes. forward. Yeah. And and I think. For me, I started to believe in how, again, let's go back to the law of attraction, and I fight people all the time about the law of attraction now, that somehow, I said, it's an interesting notion, don't get me wrong, I loved it, I lived it, and then all of a sudden, when it came to the big game, it all crumbled, and all of those little tricks, and all of those manifesting, and creative visualization, and da-da-da-da-da, because I found out if it was coming from a place other than my gut from the deepest core of me, it wasn't going to hold up. In fact, if I did get some of those things, they turned out to be bad for me. So I learned I had to get to the point of what was the next step. And a huge part of my journey has been to let go and trust that there's a part of me, there's an invisible part of me that's part of the, the hero's journey that is on the journey that is on the path. That's the part that guides you through all of these adversities. And that's where you get your real in it. It's, it's Star Wars. You know, Luke, feel the force. Mm. You know, <laughs> let well, go, yeah, Luke. Absolutely. And, um, and I'm always reminded with the, the law of attraction. There's a, a, a great um, musical that I love called Aida. And there's oh, yeah. a song in there called fortune favors the brave and he and there's a a line that says you know he's talking about fortune favors the brave and then he's saying but this is easy when i'm saying it from the palace yard and i and i think you know it's it's you know it's not so easy you know when you're not in the palace you know and i think that a lot of the you know the law of attraction that is you know is people you know people saying oh look at all of this stuff i've got well it's easy to attract a lot when you have a lot you know, but it's super difficult to to attract when you don't have a lot or when you're, you know... Well, in, well it, what in it takes place. out of it, and the part that I had to yeah. learn, it takes the work element out of it. 
Mm. And you you can't you can't have a novel. You can't wish a novel. You've got to write the novel. <laughs> oh, I wish you could. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> we sit here and wish novels all day long. You can't wish the yeah. movie. You got to make the movie. So, you know, and again, I love Alan Watts, and he said, uh, and I think, you know, if we really get advanced, you start to, when you go on this hero's journey, you realize nobody knows the outcome. You don't know mm-hmm. if you're going to w- kill the dragon or the dragon's going to kill you. You don't know. All you know is that you better be darn well prepared to fight a dragon if you're going to take him on. So you better be pretty skillful as a warrior <clears throat> to increase your chances. And so I just can't sit and wish that I beat the dragon up. <laughs> I've got to be, be a pretty good dragon killer, dragon slayer. And... So yeah. all of a sudden, I think I've mentioned it to you before, the, the book that became the book of books for me was um, Pressfield, Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. And he said, between you and where you want to go or where your path is, is this resistance, this adversity, and it's there every single day. And the only way that you're going to break through the adversity is to get up and do the work, whatever the work <laughs> is, whether the work is playing the instrument or painting the pictures or writing the novel Whatever it is, you know, starting the business, you've got to get up every single day and work and work and work and work. And eventually you break that resistance down and you reach the muse. And then he says you have to Mm -hmm. trust that that invisible thing is there for you. But it wants wants to see how badly you want it. Will you do the skill set? Will you do the work? Mm. And then all of a sudden you start to see the, the abundance. You start to see... The manifestations. I mean, do you do you agree with that model? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I've only got my my you know my business or my business success to to show show for that. But I I always you know I think that what can happen is when we start to manifest that stuff, which is what you're you know you're talking about, or when we've got it, is that then we stop challenging ourselves. Right. And I think that that's absolutely what I learned over the last year is that I have to keep challenging myself. I have to do something that frightens me and scares me. You know, sometimes I try and do that every day. Sometimes it's not possible. But at least each week I do something that petrifies me because I have to. Because if I, do, I don't, then, I, I, you know, it's just like how, how am I not moving forward if I'm not feeling exactly. scared a little? Yeah, and I think, you know, what I'm trying to read into it, it's not so much that you go looking for fear. It's you go look for the next adventure, which brings on that fear of the threshold. Well, yeah, and I think I think that maybe I do look for fear a bit. You know, you are talking to an ex-police officer. Maybe I'm a little bit of a general junkie. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you know, so possibly I am. But what, what, you know, I think part of me, I do actually like that feeling. I have, I have to say, because I feel alive when when I'm in slight fear, um, and and I think that um, so part of me does seek out fear but not fear for fear's sake like i don't go and jump off a right, building right, because right. but you're gonna you want to okay in the policeman's room you want to go you know the you know the killers in there you know the robbers in there but you're, you're not going to stay out on the sidewalk and wait till you get you know the militia to show up <laughs> you're going to go in there and do the job yeah yeah and and i you know so i i will purposely put, put myself in into situations that i feel that i can't handle yet or I feel scared of, or introduce myself to people that I feel unworthy of, in inverted commas, um, you know, and all of those kinds of things, just to keep me, you know, sane to the universe. Now, I'm not comfortable, you know, I'm, I'm making myself uncomfortable because I want this, and I want to move, move forward. And, and right. you know, and I think when we do things like that, we put very powerful messages out there that, you know, I'm, I don't feel quite ready for this, but I'm ready for it. You know, bring it on, I'm ready for it. <laughs> Well, you know what I, I hear, I'm hearing for you, and tell me if I'm way off base or not. What I'm really hearing from you is it's, it's not about the destination. It's not about getting the money. It's about the, 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 the journey. It's about the, the trip. It's about the fight. It's about the challenges. And that's the joy. The joy is not, oh, yeah, of course it would be great to have 10 million or million to billions, of course. But that's not the joy, is it? Um, I, I, uh, 
Well, no. I mean, the joy, the joy for me I, I, is, is, is doing the work that I do, but always challenging myself. I do find doing things that I absolutely found in, in, you know, think I are impossible and then doing them a real, a real challenge. But I was just thinking, imagine the risk I could take if I did have 10 million. <laughs> well, well but, but see, that is the point. Right, right. And that's, but see, it, it's still part of the game. You can't sit on the 10 million. I mean, you can. But there's that comfort thing, and then just go spend the money and you know have this life of indulgence. You you you're right. I want people look at me. Why do you want all this money? I want billion. Why? Because I want to make big movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and I and I'm thinking of Richard Branson here because you know he is such a risk. Yeah. You know, and and an extremely wealthy man. But but I get the impression he never is comfortable. You know, right. he, he's always like, okay, what's the next risk? What's the next exactly. thing that we can do here? Exactly. And um, and I, and I think that the risk is, you know, is is part of it. It's it's part of you know what we we need to do. Yeah, and and you know, making a movie is a huge risk. You know, writing a book is a huge risk. You know, there's you know, and everyone will tell us, you know, oh, not many of them make it and that. And you just yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, but you know, yeah, you. you know, this, and if the goal, and I think this is what we have to, you know, when he said that day, you know, expect failure, I think what we have to do is get away from this law of attraction thing that it's all about the goal, it's all about the million dollars, it's all about this. It's not about that. It's about creating something. It's about expressing yourself. It's about being everything that you came here to be, that, you know, making things, doing things, you know, making you know, things that make people happy and make you happy and not just sitting there looking at, you know, you get up and I had one of my friends say to me, what do you do now, Paul, that you're retired? He says, well, Tom, he says, I, I like to manage my portfolio. <laughs> and he says, I like to play tennis twice a week. <laughs> and I like to go to dinner with a couple of the guys in the neighborhood twice a week. And I said, oh, <laughs> and I'm not going to judge that. And that may be a beautiful way to spend your later years. <laughs> but, you know, to me, that's not the, certainly the buzz that I have in, you know, and, and walking the tightrope. I mean, it's that you can fall at any time, you know, and, mm. but, you know, what's, um, I mean, I, I think these are all things that we have to weigh individually, but uh, I think there is a universal truth to them, don't you, that the real joy comes from taking the challenges and facing the fa failures. And Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I... You know, I'm never, like I said, I'm never as alive as when I'm taking a risk or when I'm, you know, in, in a little yeah. bit of fear. And... and uh, and and I think that for me it's about the fact that we do need to see these things as positive and not, and not negative and and that would you know help people so tremendously um, you know because actually the fear of fear is probably greater than actually doing the thing itself. Absolutely, you know, I mean, right? Churchill, right? You know, fear. You know, and we, all we have to fear is fear itself. Or was that Roosevelt? One of those guys. And. Um, you know, I, can I read a quote from Roosevelt? This is, I think, says it all. Mm -hmm. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man or woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives mm -hmm. valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his mm -hmm. place, his or her place, shall never be 
with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Yeah, and and that's something that Brenny Brown talks about a lot, you know, that actually you can only criticize me and I'll only listen to you if you're in the arena with me face down on the floor. Yep. <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you're watching me from the outside then it doesn't you, you don't matter. If you're in there you know, with me on face on the floor, then it matters, but other than that I don't care. <laughs> Well, and, and you know, from listening to your journey and listening to your your path, and when we talk about trust, it's because you've gone into the arena, because you've been beaten up, because you've faced the fear, and because you're still standing, you know, that's where yeah. the trust comes, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm in, uh, I'm in that arena most days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, Get in, in in the arena, put your your big girl pants on or whatever and get in there and fight for it, you know. <laughs> Do you find that um, the journeys and the experiences and, and everything else in you know, your coaching, that you're able to be a better coach because of these things? Do you tell kids differently, parents differently? Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you're coaching and you're not stepping out and feeling the fear and, and, and not doing any of those things, then how on earth can we ever tell anyone else to do them or encourage anyone else to do them, um, you know, if we, we're not doing them ourselves? So I think that, you know, every time I go through one of these experiences, um, some aren't, you know, as great as the one last year, but I still go through them. I think I do learn something. I think I become better at, at what I do. And um, it's like, you know, I just ramp up a level. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It's super important. Yeah, and I think what we, you know, what I am different about before because I was so success-focused and always just mm -hmm. talking about success is I would say to somebody, you know, embrace the failures. <clears throat> Understand mm -hmm. that it's part of the process. Don't feel ashamed, you know. give you, In fact, do the opposite. Give yourself a big pat on the back. And say you had the courage to, to to fail, to face failure, and to learn what you have to learn from that failure. That you know this is there's no getting away. See, that's what I learned that day. Is, is when he said that, I said, "Wait a minute, you know, Oprah's right. It's part of the formula. You can't have it. You can't get to success without some failures along the way." And and it well, means, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I was thinking that you know. It's like we can't feel great happiness, or we don't know what great happiness feels like without great sadness. You know, and yeah. I don't think we know what great success feels like without great failure at the same time. You know, I think they're, they're not two sides of the coin. They're the same sides. Right. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And, um, yeah, I mean, just um, <laughs> just fabulous stuff. I mean, so when you get to these this point like you were at last year what is it that gets you through what do you what's your what is that inner strength that you know is there that you say okay girl you know you know what is it is it is it uh just experience is it a belief in something deep in you like a force like um you know what do you go to what where do you dig I, I think, yeah, that's a good question, actually. I think for me, there is no plan B. This is it. Good. You know, this is what I right. committed my life to. This is it. There's no plan B, or plan B is so dreadful that it's absolutely never going to happen. So it's like, you know, it's do or die for me. Right. And, right. and, you know, I haven't, and I think that that does really help. It's like there is nothing else to do. It's do this or, you know give up entirely on life, you know, because because getting a job and going out and being normal is just, you know, oh. be soul-destroying oh. for me. So, it can't be done. Can't be done yeah, anymore. Yeah, so it's not a, yeah, it's not a plan B, and, and I think that, you know, <laughs> plan A has to work because there is no plan B, and I think that's, you know, um, well, and, and we've got a, some... Right, Plan B becomes survival, and I don't, I'm not here to survive. I'm not here. What I, I think I learned from all of this is that those enticements, you know, the, the wealth and the houses and the cars and the money, I didn't come here to just build a nice house. That's not why I'm on the planet. 
<laughs> you know, I'm not here to to put a million bucks in the bank. That's not that's not the kick, you know. The kick mm. is learning how to write that novel that is going to make people laugh and entertained, or learning mm-hmm. how to get on stage and moving a thousand people to laughter, or getting on stage and telling a bunch of cancer survivors, you know, you can do this, and. So those are the, that's the thrill. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, yeah. I, have you seen, there's a great movie called Rush, and I think if you, you know, if you're counseling kids, they should see, it's about race car driving and two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have you seen it? I don't think that's more, I think that's on my Netflix list. I don't think I've actually watched it, but it's there on the Okay, but, it, but it, well, just it. quick, one of them, one of them goes to the top, they're arch rivals, and finally, the person he continues to beat beats him and they become they're really antagonists but they also become they start to meet on a champion level and understand each other and he says okay great he says you beat beat me now he says now what now you're the best in the world now what are you going to do and he looks at him and he says i'm done i'm not getting in a car anymore i'm going to enjoy the fruits of my fame and he went off and partied and in five years he was dead you know, overdose. Yeah. You know, got get every mm-hmm. transmittable disease you can imagine, and mm-hmm. uh, and the other guy went on to live this beautiful life. And you just so he got very comfortable, and he had reached. You know, he used only used that that you know he didn't have a passion for driving as much as he had a. It was a vehicle to get him to this level of indulgence, and. And there was the result. One, he had nothing, no goals, no, no discipline. It all went. Just indulge, 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 indulge in every pleasure you can imagine, and he's gone. So that's he's not be bored the lesson. After a while, though, surely. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll get bored of it after a while. <laughs> <laughs> I remember there was a one-man play that. An American actor did. I saw it was called Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And one of the scenes was he was sitting in, there were two metal chairs on the thing, and it was obviously a late night talk show. Uh, and he was being, the, the rock star was being interviewed, and he's talking to this empty chair, and he's saying, Oh, God, you know, he says, It wasn't all glory. It wasn't all glory. He says, There was the difficult times. He says, You know, he says, You'd get through with a concert, you'd be exhausted, and you had the obligatory. A press conference, and then of course, the, oh, the parties! You had to have the parties, obligatory parties, and you'd wake up the next morning, and he says you'd see <laughs> vodka, empty vodka, you know, naked women, piles of cocaine. It was awful, awful. <laughs> well, not at the time, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's it's a it's a blast. I always love talking to you. I think the other thing I hope we can do sometime is talk about. I loved your article about creativity and the fact that mm. uh, you know I'm, that's one of my hot buttons as well. That we the conventional systems crush it. You know, yes. they want everybody. Yes, I'm to just talk. writing a big article on that actually for um, someone. So yeah, Good. I'm. Yeah, it, I, my, I, it's top of my agenda at the minute for some unknown reason. <laughs> Although it sort of came to me and it won't let me go, so I'm just not ignoring it. <laughs> well, good. And, and again, you know, I think I'm glad I threw that in here because you see, the ultimate joy comes from not in manifesting the car or manifesting the house and this and that. The joy is in the creation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that's when, don't you find that when you're writing and that's where the the real joy comes is when you're connecting. There's the, when you touch the invisible, you know, the mm. muse. And then you really, even that becomes your friend. You, you touch, you've gone into the void and you've discovered a part of yourself that you can access. And once you hit that, you know, that becomes, transcends any of the, the possessions. I find for me, do you? Yeah, I think there's there's nothing that can uh, there's no amount of money that can ever feel as good. I think as doing what you're supposed to do, 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. And on that note, well, I that, don't, that don't know what deep. else we can add. <laughs> that feels like the end. <laughs> I am so grateful for you every time you cross the pond and and I hope one day we get to actually meet, whether I go there or, you know, you end up over here, but or we end up together in some mutual place and and spread our stories. But uh, you're doing fantastic work. I, I, You know, from the second I found you on Twitter or wherever I did find you, I was, you know, you, you resonated with me. And um, I think you're just doing the kind of work that's so essential today because things are so out of alignment and if you just bring a few people back into alignment and, you know, show them the joy of what we've talked about today, I think, you know, you've done an amazing job. So keep it up. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's great. Wonderful. It's great and I'm blessed, I'm blessed to have met you and, and to hold these wonderful podcasts that exist forever. Um, <laughs> now, what on Facebook, where can I post this to? What page? Um, um, any of my pages is fine. Any of them. Okay, cool. what I just looked for you. Um, what, are you under Sarah Newton? Um, I think the, my page is under Teenology. Okay, I'll look. That's what I'll do. I'll put it there. Great. Great. Excellent. Sarah, oh, thank right, you so much. The next one. Not a problem. Yes, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tom. Bye. All right. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. And everybody who joined us today, thank you for tuning in. I'm Tom Hayes. That was Sarah Newton, and you can see what a wonderful human she is and uh, the great work she's doing. And I hope somebody got a lot out of what we said today. Embrace the failures. Embrace the challenge. And go on the journey. Live it. I mean, it's all about living it, and it's not just about being comfortable. All right, that's it for for today. And, again, thank you so much, Um I'm always honored to know that we've got people. I'm going to sign out with uh, one of my favorite projects right now, the Sugar Shack, which was a great club here in Boston, and we're doing a documentary about this to to spread the joy of that. Uh, Sometimes you meet somebody, right, you blow your you mind. Right yeah. Sometimes you don't.